You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. It's only been, what, an hour and a half that we've been chatting before we hit the record button for episode 413 <laughs> of Geekiest Show Ever. Still debating on whether or not we should have recorded that or not, though. <laughs> Well, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about what we talked about? Well, before we talk about what we're going to talk about, whatever that happens to be, I am going to give you a PSA and I'm going to start out being a Debbie Downer. Okay. Is this about the Amazon products that you recently acquired? No, no. This is something I haven't even talked. This is something brand new. surprise. No, this is not a good surprise. That's why I said I'm starting out as a Debbie Downer. Now, you've heard me talk about this things like this before here and there, but now I really want to drive it home. A couple of days ago, I attended the funeral of a friend that I have known since seventh grade. Wow. Oh, I'm so sorry. She has just turned 64 years old. Mm, that's young. And, yeah. And she had a brain aneurysm. Mm. And it was no, uh, no notice. It wasn't like she had headaches or blurry vision or dizziness mm. or anything like that. She was here until she wasn't. Mm. Her husband found her laying on the floor, rushed her to the hospital. They performed surgery, but at that point it was too late. And unfortunately, she passed. And, you know, there was a group of us from high school that are, you know, still friends that went to Temple, went to the funeral. And the reason why I bring this up is because I'm always saying to you, like when people say, why do you go to so many concerts? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? You don't know when your last day is. Oh, yeah. Whether you, so what I'm Tomorrow's always saying, not promised. if you have an opportunity to do something, whether it's go to a concert, take that painting class you've always wanted to take, learn another language, whatever it happens to be, if you have the time and the money to do so, do it. Mm-hmm. Don't say, I'm going to do it next year, mm-hmm. or I'm going to wait until the kids are out of the house. If you, as as long as what you want to do, you can still pay your mortgage, you can still feed your children, make your car payment, and so mm-hmm. forth. Right. Do it. As long as it's safe. Do it. Mm-hmm. Don't wait. And if anybody has any criticism, you don't need that negativity in your life. That's Get rid true. of them. You know. That's why we go to the concerts. That's why we travel. That's why we do things. Mm-hmm. Because nobody knows what tomorrow's going to bring, and it could be anything. You could lose your job. You could you know, be diagnosed with cancer, or you could be like my friend and be found on the floor. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but I just want to drive home the point that I've been friends with her since we were 12 years old. Mm, We're in our 60s now. And it seems like, uh, like, uh, it was just yesterday that we were in junior high school together. And look where we are now. Do the things you want to do. Did because you, there did you wish you had spent more time over. with her? Were you, were you planning on getting we, together we sooner? S- I saw her in October. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't too long, you know, too long ago. But still, mm-hmm. it, like everybody was, you know, a mutual friend called me Sunday morning and said, did you hear about, you know, and I just said, and as soon as she wrote that, I knew what that meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? And then I called somebody else and we all did some research and oh. we found out that, yeah. Oh, wow. Because her husband wanted to keep it really private. Yeah, see, that's that's the other problem lately. I, I, it seems like people keep someone's passing very private. And that I have very mixed feelings about that. On one hand, I understand. But on the other hand, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Because why wouldn't you want other people to be... like? In other words, when you keep that private, I feel personally like you're robbing other people of their opportunity to mourn and grieve the loss And when you keep it private, it's like, are you just because, you know, why? (laughs) It it almost seems a little bit on the selfish side to say, well, I only only we can grieve and mourn the loss of this person. But what about their friends? What about their colleagues? What about other people that knew them? When shouldn't they have the opportunity to be able to mourn the loss of that person? So yeah, that's why lately it, it, it is dicey going on Facebook because it does seem like Facebook is like really the only place where I can find out when babies are born, when people get married, when kids graduate and when people die because well that was the I, thing it wasn't yeah. on Facebook he oh, it did wasn't? not want it on Facebook yeah right so fortunately mutual friends knew family members that we didn't know and there wasn't and a newspaper obit either but but it wasn't until the day of 
Yeah, yeah. So, but a lot of that has to do with the time Timing. of death and yeah. then the deadlines for the newspapers. Right. By the time right. you make your arrangements, sometimes if you make your arrangements at, say, four o'clock in the afternoon, it's mm-hmm. too late for tomorrow, but you can mm-hmm. put it in the next day. Well, being Jewish, funerals are very quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like if someone dies on a Monday, they're usually buried on Wednesday, as opposed to yeah, Christians, where they might go Saturday or the following Monday to have their funeral. In, in my family growing up, which was predominantly Christian, I would say we, it was always like this three-day period. It was always like, well, and that and that's because that has to do with, with burial technology, I'll say. I mean, nowadays, I've been told, I mean, thankfully, I haven't experienced this firsthand yet, but I know that that time is coming. Uh, but evidently, you don't have to bury people within a three-day span because of the technology that's available now to, I guess, I don't know if... <laughs> I hate to get morbid, but, you know, keep a body longer or because of cremation, things like that. Now I'm starting to see where people are not having funerals right away. They're not publishing the the information right away because they're cremating and then they're waiting until a time, I guess, when they can get everybody together and all the planets align and then go scatter ashes or inter them somewhere. I, I, I There's all these different ways. I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I grew up in such a bubble and like this is the way you did things. And maybe some people did things a little bit differently or, you know, we didn't, in my family growing up, I don't recall anybody being cremated. That's only been a new thing. And and that could be because of expense and and timing. And, and now that more people are further apart, because again, in the family that I grew up in, everybody was very, very close together. So I guess we had the privilege and the the luxury, if you will, and people did afford it. They set aside, you know, lots of money to be able to afford funerals and, and memorials and things like that. And now that has all been very different. And, you know, because everybody is kind of a globally related or, you know, people live further apart that I guess we're, we're having now memorial services that are, you know, privately published, but but published nonetheless, so that people that are a distance away can get together and grieve and mourn through, you know, a Zoom call. So that's, that's a new thing, too. So yeah, things well, are just very, on- very different. It was on YouTube. So anybody who couldn't make it, because mm-hmm. we have one friend who is basically wheelchair bound mm-hmm. and was just yep. didn't have enough time to make arrangements to get there. She was able to watch the service through the YouTube channel, you know, mm-hmm. for the temple. So they're still able so, to maintain their privacy, but in a way that they can control. So that's good. But yeah, yeah I mean, so, you know, so how did you find out about it? It was a friend that called. She called, yeah, a friend yeah. called me, it, and, and I'm not going to go into detail because sure, sure. there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of like steps in between, mm-hmm. but basically she called me to see if I knew anything for sure. Mm-hmm. I called somebody else to see if she knew for sure. She made some calls, got back to me and said, yes, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it had happened. Yeah, and, that and, actually, that, that did happen with a family member recently where I saw a vague post about it on Facebook. But again, it wasn't specific. And then I asked the person directly if this was the person that they were talking about. And then they confirmed and said yes. And so, yeah, yeah, it just it's interesting. Remember how last time weren't we talking about it in a in a previous episode where you were talking about all the details about who came to what event was published when you're doing your genealogy research? Where they you, you said so and so came and, and they did this and they did, you know, we were like, oh, slow news, slow news day. Oh, oh, the newspaper yes, articles. Yes, yes, yes. I remember what you're talking about. Yes. What do in your genealogy research? What do funeral notices look like? Is it one of the same? A are lot they... of them now are just very. Um, but compared to the past, if you're if you're doing historical research, I and find at the, the ones in Florida uh-huh. when when a family member and I know this happened to my closer family members. If it's you know the person's name is you know John Doe, it'll just say. John Doe, age 77, passed away, um, Joe Smith Funeral Home. That's mm-hmm. all That's it, it says. It. it doesn't say anything about surviving spouses or children oh. or where the funeral is because people get robbed. Right, right. Okay. So yeah, I was kind of, I'm kind of alluding to that because I have, I have a client who's, who's, uh, family member passed and they didn't publish it. And it was for that reason, because there was some family contentions and there was this fear that people were going to come asking for such and such. And they, they didn't want to have to deal with that. And that, that was their right. And they, they needed it, in other words, to protect themselves. And I now, just think up, that's very interesting too. Up around here, in my neck of the woods, it's everything. Survived by this spouse, hmm. children, right. grandchildren, what they did for a living, where they went to school, 
um, mm. where the the wake is going to be held, where the service is going to be held, where the the funeral, what day and what time, and so. In other forth. words, they really want people to come and and attend, whereas other and, people don't now, want any of that. For some people, if they're sitting shiva, which is a Jewish tradition, right, it will say um, shiva will be held at so and so's house at such and such an address. Others will just say so and so's house. So, so you, you have to know. It's, if it's you know, you know. you know. If you're a friend, you know where she lives, you know, where right. so-and-so lives. Yeah. And if you don't, then go to the funeral and find out. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to say she lives at one main street. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, I know if I was going to be doing that, I would not put my right. address because... Exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't either. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that strange how, how we've come from back in our day. <laughs> I mean, everybody's address was in, was in the, the, was it the white, the yellow pages or the white, white pages? The white pages. The white pages. Yeah, the white pages. Yeah. Oh my, I'm getting old and forgetting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there used to be this book called the phone book and you could look up anybody and we look at that now and it's like cringe. Why would anybody want to publish their address? I mean, I've gone to great lengths to keep my address private, even while running a business, because even though I do remote business out of my house, I don't want people coming here necessarily. I'm not set up for that. I'm not set up for liability and all that kind of stuff. And I guess that's what it really boils down to is 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 legality and liability and who can sue what for what and who can come collect. And this is the world we live in, I guess, the litigious society that we now have. Yeah. So now that's that we've brought down everybody down, <laughs> yeah, uh, which really isn't my intention, about. it was just... After the ceremony, or the, I'm sorry, not the ceremony, but after the service before, uh, I didn't go to the, the cemetery, but most of us didn't. Mm-hmm. But we were kind of standing in the lobby of the temple chatting, and we said, you need to yeah. do what you want to do. And because most so of them, sudden. the ones that weren't working, a couple of them were retired. That's what they're doing. Like one person mm-hmm. said, he's a ski instructor now. He's mm-hmm. always loved to ski. He's retired mm-hmm. from his job. And now he's a ski instructor, and he said he loves it, and he More doesn't do it for the money. People are really busy after retirement. They he's really doing keep it busy. because it's something that he loves. And my other yeah. friend travels all the time, which is, I mean, she's gone to Europe, and 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 she's just gone. I like, look, look on Facebook, I'm like, oh my god, where's she going now? She's just, I'm like, <laughs> good for her is. though. Yeah, good for her for doing yeah. something. And that's the way our friend was, as the rabbi called her. She was quirky, I and mean, she definitely was quirky. But she <laughs> grabbed yeah. life with both hands. Uh huh. Okay. So. At least the, the one, I mean, there's two things. So that, was, that was one, the takeaway one, from her passing. If it had to happen, I'm glad it happened quickly, mm-hmm, that right. there wasn't lingering. I'm glad it happened quickly. Right. And number two, at least her loved ones know she lived. Yeah. yeah. She didn't just exist. She mm-hmm. lived. Right. That's wonderful, actually, to think of it that way. Yeah. I was so afraid. I, I was afraid as you were explaining this. I was afraid that you were going to tell me that it was the other way. I was afraid that you were going to say that why you're saying this is because she didn't live. But it's it's no, really no, she did refreshing to know that she did. She did. She so lived. she has like she, a legacy of all these memories now. Yeah, yeah. She lived. So and that's what I'm trying to get across to mm-hmm. our listeners. It's like live. Don't just come home from work and right. If you if you drop dead tomorrow, let's let it be known that you lived. Yeah, you don't want to be in a position where you're sitting in your rocking chair and you're in the nursing home and you say, I wish we had taken that trip to whatever. Mm -hmm. I wish we had spent more time with our kids and grandkids. I wish we had learned to paint because we've always wanted to paint. Mm -hmm. Do it. I, I know people who are just a little bit older than us that actually have the opposite feeling that because they did live, they feel like they've gotten all of their living done. And so now they're ready to just relax and they don't want to be busy. So I, I know people that have the opposite philosophy. Now's their time to relax. And now's their which time is, to just rest. <laughs> which is okay. Which yeah, is okay. Yeah. But I, I'm just talking to people who yeah. just keep putting off, putting off, putting yeah. off, putting off. Yeah. And then they don't do it. You know, my parents were like that. My mother wanted to do things. My father didn't. They did mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And what, it, you know, and they're both gone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why... You know, my husband and I were always doing something. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we just said, let's go see a Broadway show. So we got on yeah, a train and we yeah. went to New York City and we saw we saw a show. Right, because life's too short. Yeah. Life's too short not to. So. Yeah, yeah you're not ready to, to just lay down and relax. And <laughs> you're not you're not there yet. I, I mean, you've got, you got a lot of life left. I know you're <laughs> looking at this gray hair. But, 
and the number six mm-hmm. in front of the, you know, my, as the first number of my mm-hmm. age. But mentally, I'm still 20. Well, I'm still we, 25 you years would old. You think that for somebody my age that's much younger than you, you would you would think that except for the fact that most of my friends are much older. Most of my friends have a lot more gray hair than I do. Um, and most of my clients are too. So I actually think very differently. But I can see why you would say that. That would be the the correct assumption most of the time. But in my situation, when I look at people, I say, you're only 60-something. You're only 75. You're only 80. Because I have seen people that are so active in their 80s and 90s. It does blow my mind because in my family, people just didn't get to be that old. They they didn't get to be I shouldn't say that that old they didn't get to they didn't get to live that long to be able to still doing be, be doing these things. My grandmother lived for well both both of my grandmothers lived a really long time, but unfortunately they were very ill you know during the that period of their life, and so they were kind of you know, well they were disabled and they they just couldn't do the things that people in their in their age group were doing because of because of health conditions. So, but, you know, if you don't have those kinds of health conditions, then yeah, I mean, I know people in their 80s that are still driving. And yet I know people in their 70s that are just, eh, they're done. (laughs) They just want to, they just want to coast now. But I know very active 80 year olds, very active 80 year olds. It's, it's inspiring. It's, it's very inspiring. I really look up to people like that. I mean, I look down at them because they're much shorter than I do, but I look up to them, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I'm going to be that short one day too. I've already, I've already shrunk a half an inch. I am, I am the so have now. I. I when I go to the doctor, inch. they measure me. I'm like, did you measure mm-hmm. my hair? That has another, you know, <laughs> right? That is well, a few inches. I take my shoes off because they're also measuring my my weight. But yeah, but yeah, I was curious because they always ask me. I'm I'm not quite fifty yet, so they just assume that oh, you know, whatever whatever height you were last month at the last appointment or whatever, that's the height that you are now. But I actually did ask her to measure me this time because I said I'm just curious because. We have a lot of short women and, and, and a lot of osteoporosis, and I know that that's a thing that I'm going through. So, yeah, a half an inch. And yet, meanwhile, my kids are just getting taller and taller and reminding me every hour, if they if they can, <laughs> how short I am. Ah, such is life. Well, that that was definitely a, a good uh, good thing to talk about. I think about those things all the time in in the technology sense because I am just so fascinated by learning about digital legacy. And and it's something that I'm always researching. Um, I did just give a presentation about pass keys, and uh, I'm thinking about linking to it because I, I thought it turned out pretty okay. I'm I'm going to work on improving upon it because I do want to make the presentation again, but I want to present it. So exp- I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Yeah. yeah. Why would I use a pass key over a password? Yeah. The the TLDR the simplest reason I can say is because after messing with it now for a while, it is so much simpler. It is so simple that you question how safe it is because it, it just seems too good to be true. Can it really be that simple? It really can. Um, it, is, it is cryptography. It is very advanced mathematics. It's like um, everything that we have dealt with with passwords, but in a passkey situation, it's all of that stuff, the uh, username, password, the uh, authentication code, the questions, the answers. It's all of that other stuff that goes along with maintaining a password. Because it's not just a password. It's your username. It's the password, but it's also, like I just said, the, you know, your mother's maiden name, your, you know, your firstborn child's middle name, uh, your authentication code, the SMS code that gets texted to your phone to verify. All of that stuff is baked into a pass key. A pass key is just all-encompassing. It has everything baked into it because it's built on this very, very high uh, cryptological math, if you will. It's it's all of these digits. It's it's this. It's that. Somebody, I I, I looked at a lot of resources. I can I can provide links then later. But one of the things that I listened to, they were trying to describe this, and I'm going to do a terrible job at it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab at it. They tried to explain to it that. A pass key is made up of two components, a public key and a private key. Now, I just got done saying it's everything baked in. It really is on your end of things. On your end of things, it's really just you click a button. You sign in. It's attached to your email address. So what do you need to make it that simple? You have to maintain your email. At all costs, you have to protect your email. Make sure that that email, you can unlock that with a pass key. Make sure that it's really, really hard to get into because your email address is what verifies you is what is what says okay you're who you say you are 
it goes and does some kind of a check all behind the scenes. You don't see any of the stuff happening. It says, okay, that email address, this is you. This is how we know you're you because it's then tied to your device. And and they say it's it's virtually unhackable. Now, someday, of course, all of this stuff is a cat and mouse game. It's a cat and mouse game. Think about Think about credit cards. Think about the history of how we got to where we are with being able to use your watch or your iPhone as a way to pay for something, okay? Think about how we arrived there. We arrived there after, I'm just old enough to remember credit cards when they were just a piece of plastic with raised digits on them, okay? And you had to take that That machine slider. That goes left, yeah, left and right. I mean, even older than that, I remember it was like a lever that you had to like, pull over. And, and because I was a cashier, you know, I, I did that when I was a teenager. Oh, yes. Remember I that? remember that. Yes. It was a yes, lever. It was a metal. It was like a throw switch. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, it yes, started yes, out like that. And then the next iteration of it was the slider. Then you, yep, you know, just I remember slid. that. But it was, and, and I remember working in a, in a department store where, you know, I'm, I'm the sales girl, I'm the cashier. And I was like, oh, here comes Betty Lou. And uh, she's got the yellow card. So we got to pull out the, we got to pull out the machine. And because she had used that card for so long, the digits were, you know, kind of flattened. And so we'd have yep. to, we'd slide it, but then you could barely make it out. And so we had to take a pen and write down what the credit card number was. And it was mm-hmm. probably only like, you know, eight digits long or, or something. So yep. you remember that, right? So oh, yeah. think about think about where we've come from that point, okay? Or what, I mean, so I'll ask you, what happened before there were credit cards? How did you make a purchase with credit? If you weren't using cash and you weren't writing a check, how did you make a purchase using credit? I or don't was it know. layaway? I don't know. Well, there layaway, was layaway. Layaway my, was a type of credit that I used. Right. My family never used layaway, ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've never used it. So because you just I wanted to pay up, for it outright. Yeah. I grew up with credit cards. Okay. Okay. My parents had credit cards. And it was always a plastic card that had a mm-hmm. number on it. And you yep. either got it, you know, you used a carbon copy and then they gave you the receipt. It was one yep. of the pieces of the carbon. Right. So, so, okay. So that's just to say we, we started out there. We'll just, we'll just say we started out there. Then we moved on to credit cards, plastic credit cards with a magnetic strip, the mag strip. Right. And then that became hacked. Because people could somehow, um, do you remember, there was a, I don't remember what the movie was, but somebody showed how you could basically take pieces of that magnetic strip and you could somehow use a, a keyboard, like a synthesizer. It was probably fictional, but I remember somebody like making, they were manufacturing those mag strips to to peel off a of one credit card and put it on another. No, and then never they could somehow that. steal. Yeah. Anyway, that's just to say that they were hackable. Okay. So that mag strip was hackable. People figured out how they could uh, either hack it or demagnetize it and and lock you out of your account. Okay. And and then you'd have to get a new one and you get a new one and then that would be hacked. Right. But the point is, is that the mag strip was hackable. Then they moved on from the mag strip because then uh, what was it? Then it was um, the the chip and pin, right? So then they added a chip to it. And that kind of resembled what sort of looks like a SIM card in your cell phone, right? That yeah. little chip. Yeah. And then you had to dip it and into the slot and then you could, you know, put in your, your pin, right? Well, then that became hacked. And where did that become hacked? At public places like uh, gas stations. Gas they stations. Put credit, credit card skimmers on the gas stations, yep. right? So then we, it's always, like I said, it's this cat and mouse game. Once, once the, the mouse gets caught, then they have to invent something new. So then, uh, then gas stations became, uh, paroled, if you will. Now, now there's always, you go to a gas station where somebody's checking and, and they started designing the, the credit card slot so that you couldn't insert a, a skim reader, you know, a card skimmer. And so, so we, then we went that way. Now, now you scan a QR code with your phone, and now you use a digital wallet. So now, that's how I get gas. Now, <laughs> I had a laugh recently within the last couple of months. I remember I was uh, something happened with the gas station, and several of the pumps were down, and all these people were in this line, and they had this this note that was written in, in Sharpie marker that said, you know, that the the payment system was down or something. And I thought, well, great. Now, how am I going to get my gas? <laughs> I mean, I really, really forgot that I still had my ID card because that's how it used to be. You'd have your, because it's a Sam's Club, you know, big box store. You probably use something like Costco, something similar where I had my ID card 
but I hadn't used it in so long. So I forgot that I had it, you know, in, in my car, in my glove box or something. And so I had to get that out and had to do it like a cave person. I had to take out the ID card and I had to use my oh, credit or, card. Or, and- or you could be <laughs> like what happened to us the other day when we went to BJ's because we dropped Sam's and now we go to BJ's is we went to get gas and I said, I don't want to put my credit card in. Yeah, yeah, because it feels like kind of dirty, right? But I said, oh, good. I got out of the car and I said, oh, good. They have Apple Pay and I've got uh my watch up there and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. I'm like, so I put my credit card in and I saw as Tom's pumping the gas. I went up to the attendant and said, Uh your Apple Pay is not working. Oh, we haven't set it up yet. Oh, my God. Then why is it on the pump? Wow. Wow. That's, you know, whereas when I go to the Exxon, yeah. gas station. Like you said, I have the app for that. So I just open Mm -hmm. up the app and I just say I'm on pump three and here's my credit card and boom. Yeah. So now now just think about that. We're now so used to that. We're so used to that that we don't even think about it anymore unless we're confronted with it being broken, right? Then you have to think, wait, how did I used to do this, right? And just today, when we were messing around with, uh, we were messing around with calendar apps and we'll, we'll talk about it in a future episode. But in one instance, I wanted to try something out and it needed for me to create an app-specific password. I mean, how often do you have to do that? That's in very certain circumstances. In this particular app, I had to create an app-specific password, but because I had been using the pass key to log into my Apple ID for, I don't know, a couple of weeks now, even in that short period of time, I'd already forgotten, wait, 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 oh, how do I log in with a password? Oh, I have to tell it. I'm going to log in with a password instead. See, and that's why when you say to me, you know, what's the advantage of using a passkey? Well, the feature isn't quite here yet. I always say that we're still having to use passwords as a fallback. In this instance, for whatever reason, this app developer or this app uh, requires an app-specific password. I don't know exactly what the sausage making is behind that, but you know that still exists. That's still a thing, and because that's still a thing, I couldn't use my passkey with it. So I still have to maintain passwords. And this is—I know this is one of the big beefs that everybody has. Well, why should I use a passkey if I still have to use a password? Yeah, that's that's a gotcha. That's definitely a gotcha because. I would say, why Why would you use a passkey? The answer to that question is because that is the future that everyone's moving to. People will still say, well, why should I use my Apple Watch to make a payment? Why should I use my iPhone to make a payment? Because that's the direction that, that things are moving towards is digital wallets. Now, the thing that frustrates me is, well, why should I use Apple Pay? And the, and the answer, the answer is because it's easier, it's safer, you know, it's, it's more convenient, right? But is it when not every place accepts Apple Pay? What am I going to do when I go to Lowe's and I want to be able to use Apple Pay there? I can't. So I still have to use my credit card. That's like, that's like, well, why should I use passkeys? I still have to keep a password. Why should I use Apple Pay or contactless wallets to pay for things when I still have to keep a credit card? So yeah, that's the gotcha because the future isn't quite here yet. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still try it and be ahead of the game when the future eventually arrives. And then there's still a caveat on that, because how long has it been since Apple Pay was first introduced? And how long has it been since digital wallets were introduced? And yet we're still, I mean, this is what, years now? I mean, the pandemic accelerated a lot of things, but it's still been years and we still have to keep our driver's license with us. I mean, in Arizona, I'm still, I still have to go get my license updated. Uh, but I could, when, when I get a new driver's license that has the, I don't know, the hologram on it, I can because Arizona is one of the states that has piloted putting your driver's license on your phone, right? But what happens when I go to another state? I still have to carry my damn driver's license with mm-hmm. me. So whether it's your driver's license or your credit card or your password, the future is trying to nudge us into the direction of being able to get rid of these physical analog way of doing things at the expense of maybe confusion and having to make sure that we maintain the devices that we're supposed to be using these things with. You know, like my one of my family members is just like hemming and hawing about upgrading their phone. Meanwhile, it keeps dying and the battery doesn't hold a charge. And I'm like, they know it's time and they're going to. But you know, what happens to the people who just refuse to upgrade their devices and then they can't use this technology? So there's always, it's, it's a cat and mouse game. I don't have any one singular answer for it. I'm not here to say you have to use pass keys, but I'm saying that you should at least try to start using them so that if and when, I wish I could say when, 
um, I guess, I don't know, can we say, I, I think we can say when, I think that there's going to come a time when you're going to go to log in somewhere and they're going to tell you that we're moving away from passwords. Because, I mean, think about it. I mean, why do these things happen in the first place? These things happen in the first place because businesses have to protect their bottom line. If you're a business and you're still using insecure methods for your customers to access your service and they're getting hacked because you haven't provided enough security, you're losing money. What are you going to do? You're going to want to move away from what it is that's that's being hacked. And what's being hacked right now, and we just got done talking about how credit cards are being hacked. I'm sure that it, if push comes to shove, enough companies that were accepting credit card payments with traditional uh, MagStrip um, credit cards. I mean, now can you even get a credit card that has a MagStrip on it? I, I, I guess they're, I don't know, when's the last time you got a new credit card? Did they put a MagStrip on it? Because I think they're starting to make them without them now. They just have the pin on them. And and now we've gone from, I forgot a step. We, we've gone from the MagStrip, from the card without the MagStrip to the card with the MagStrip to the card with the MagStrip and the pin. Now I bet you they have a MagStrip, a pin, and a and a contactless RFID chip in them because now now our I credit cards have the, the little Wi-Fi symbol on me, them so I now you can just tap to pay all have a strip except maybe not the Apple card let me so that's probably look. I would imagine that's for backwards compatibility because again you're still like what if you go to some village somewhere you know in the deep south or, or in the in the up or north, I don't know where let's say you go to some village somewhere and they are not up to date so they have this little store, but it's it's like going into a time capsule from 1954. <laughs> I don't know. You, there's there's still those places that exist. So I guess my credit cards have a strip. Uh, on them. They all have strips on them. So how many of your credit cards have a chip on them? The chip they all pin. do. And then how many of your do. credit cards have the little Wi-Fi signal on them? They all do. Mm -hmm. So. Credit cards will still have that backwards compatibility. So I believe that probably what's going to have to happen is for many years to come, places where you log in are still going to have to offer a password way. So really, the only answer then is like, why should I use pass keys? I think it's just for convenience. I think it's just going to be easier because it really so is what easier. You're so what will happen is if I log into a website that has a pass key, I don't have to put my email address and then my password, I just click on the pass key? Or do I still have to have my email address and the pass key? Only if you're registering. If you're registering, you're going to have to put in your email address. Yeah, but I mean, I go but back to then after the that, site. Nope, you just click a button. You don't have to put I in just, your email address because the website learns that you are who you say you are, that, that you're here. And they know because it's your device, because the private key is in your device. So whether you're on your iPhone, whether you're on your iPad or your Mac or any other computer, if you have set up a pass key with that device, it recognizes you. So then if I go to Apple, mm -hmm. my, I'm going to have three separate pass keys, one for my Mac, one for my iPhone and one for my I, um, iPad. Mm -hmm. That will be registered with your Apple ID. But it won't matter that you have all those because if you're on your Mac, it's just gonna it's just gonna know that okay. the pass key's present for your Mac. If you're on your iPhone, you in other words, you don't ever have to see the the background. You don't have to see fields when you're doing it. It's just gonna say you're here, like like it did for me. I just clicked it mm -hmm. and it and it got me in. The only time I had to change it was when I encountered that example where I was signing up for an app. And I was registering it, so it was a, it was a registration process. Um, I think I think that the only time you're going to encounter that moving forward, at least from this point in time in history, is when you're either registering for something new that needs to be added to your account, as far as a device goes, or you know, a registration for an app. In this case, this was an app specific thing, right? So if you are registering with something new you might have to enter in your email address or, or log in somehow with a password. In this case, I did. Uh, mm. Or if you are recovering something. So say you lost your iPhone or you got a new iPhone. It's a new device. So you have to log into your Apple ID and register it with that. But again, that's not the best example because they make it so easy. You know, you, well, yeah. So you'll be logging in with your email address because you'll and be also, registering I that device. 
I don't know if you've noticed, you probably have, if you are going to a any given website where you need to log in and you have one password open, mm-hmm. not just unlock, but it's actually open where you can yeah. say you're going to, I know Best Buy, I believe yep. is one. Best Buy is one. Yep. And, it, it, and it'll say passkey available yep. right there within one password. Yep. So that you know that this is a website that will use a passkey should you choose to use one. I just never signed up because I really didn't know what it was. I'm like, eh, I'm not going to really. You should start. I would encourage you to start. Start with Best Buy. It's super easy. That's one of the easiest ones out there because, and so I should say that companies or websites, you know, companies who have a service or a product, right? They are now joining the FIDO Alliance. FIDO Alliance, that is the the organization that is responsible for the crypto, the cryptology, cryptography, what's the right word, um, for all of the, you know, the math, for the standard, that all the three major players, Google, Apple, and Microsoft, have all agreed to say, yes, this math is good, it's sound, we're going to start implementing in all of our products and services. So every device that you get from Apple from now on is going to be eligible for it. Every uh, the, the iCloud service, all of Apple services, all of Google services, your Google account, your Google ID, Microsoft, your Microsoft ID, they all are in the FIDO Alliance. They all have agreed that we're going to implement this standard, this, the, in the standard, the way of doing things, the way of implementing mm-hmm. FIDO, FIDO 2 now is the new standard. They've all agreed to use it. They've all agreed to implement it. And so every time you work with a device that is maintained by one of those companies in that platform, we'll say it's called a platform. So the Google platform, the Apple platform, the Microsoft platform, any of the devices that are connected with that ecosystem will be implementing FIDO2. And now you have to, uh, so so you, in other words, your device, like, let's say we'll just, we'll just use Apple because, you know, we both live in the Apple ecosystem, but you, you know, you use Amazon devices and you use, uh, you have an Android tablet. I know you don't use it every day, but let's say you have an Android tablet. It doesn't run Mac OS. It doesn't run iOS. It runs Android. It runs web OS or, you know, whatever, whatever OS it runs. If they are in the FIDO Alliance, then you will have the ability to be able to use pass keys with that device. Okay. So that's how the hardware gets tied in. And then the software with their with their ID, then you have the option if you want to, we'll say Apple, for example, I've decided that I want to save my pass keys in iCloud. But I also, because occasionally I might use another device that isn't an Apple device, I'm also want to be able to be cross-platform. So I've chosen to use one password as my credential manager. Uh, you'll start hearing me saying that now I'm going to start using credential manager instead of password manager because they manage so much more than just passwords because now they're going to manage pass keys, pass keys, passwords, authentication codes, credit cards, banking information, medical records, all of that stuff. It's a credential that lets you access your information. So I've chosen to use that as my chosen credential manager over and above iCloud. I can store, I can make a pass key for both. I, I've, I've like for, with Best Buy, I can log into Best Buy and say, I'm going to use one password to get me into my account, or I'm going to use iCloud to get me into my account. I can use either one. I have a pass key for each one. I can revoke it. I can add to it. I can add a new device on. I can do all of that stuff. And if I have two-factor authentication set up for Best Buy, but I use a pass key, I don't need that 2FA. Nope. Don't need it anymore. In fact, I'm not going to have to use fact, my Authy. I can't remember which one, but there was some account that I, I wanted to use a passkey with, and I think I had to disable two-factor because two-factor is baked into passkey, so you don't need two-factor anymore. So gone will be the days. You will not have to wait for an SMS code, which those are hacked. You can you can be the victim of SIM jacking or SIM yeah. swapping. And, yeah. And you know how many financial institutions mm-hmm. still text you a code? Yes. Yes. And I look at that and go, yeah. why? I, mean, I know, you, and, and we're I know not the, talking I know the reason. about... I know the answer. Because everything is so antiquated with these... Yes, it is. These. And the answer is, and this is something I didn't go into detail with my presentation, but I would like to in the future, is it's all down to technical debt. So banks in particular, healthcare industries, you know, anywhere of these places that are not offering either even just two-factor or if they're not offering pass keys, it means that they are still dealing with technical debt. It means that they tried to rush a product out. You know, they have so many customers. Um, they are using antiquated technology. They're using older databases. 
they're not up to snuff when it comes to the software, the back end of things. And so they're not capable of offering that yet. Um, but that's why it's important to go to the FIDO Alliance website and look for your bank and see if it is in the alliance. And if it says that it's in the alliance, it means that they are implementing it, that they're working on it, that they're committed to, I guess, paying off their technical debt. In other words, hiring engineers and and putting their money where their mouth is and um, upgrading their infrastructure to be able to offer pass keys. But if you go, just look up the FIDO Alliance. I'll, I'll try to put a link to it in the show notes and go look for your bank and see if it's even part of the alliance. I'll give you an example. Bank of America, they are in the alliance, which means that they are committed to providing pass keys in the future, but they're not there yet because they don't have the little button that says more details. So you can't click on them and go to their website and set up a pass key. Not yet, but you will in the future. Best Buy, on the other hand, you can. You can, you can find Best Buy in the FIDO Alliance and click on their little icon and it'll take you to their website, a secure version of their website where you can then go log in. You, 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 in, any, in any time you're going to create a passkey, you still have to log in with your existing credentials, which is your username, your password, and any 2FA that you have set up. Okay, You have to do that first to get into it. But then you can say, okay, moving forward, just let me use my passkey. And then you can set it up. And once you do, then it just recognizes your device and you just click one button with one password or give it your fingerprint with iCloud, whichever whichever platform you're using, whichever credential manager you're, you're choosing to use. In my case, I'm using both because I'm a nerd. And so I just choose one or the other. Depends on the toggle switches. Uh, if I'm logging in with Safari, if I have the checkboxes next to the settings that say use my stored credentials, uh, in iCloud, then I just present my thumbprint. But if I don't have that box checked in Safari, then I want to use my credential manager, which is one password. And I want to use... Okay, where do I find it? I'm um, looking at Fido Alliance. I'm mm-hmm. looking at membership, but that must be something else. I looked under Fido members. So it's fidoalliance.org slash passkeys hyphen directory. So I'm looking for, so this is interesting. So my bank, USAA, is on there, but there's nothing to click because they're not, um, there's not a learn more button. But for example, above that is CVS Health. I can click learn more and I could go to CVS Health and create a passkey for that account. Or at least it'll tell me. So for example, how CVS Health uses FIDO to secure its users. And then it has an, it has a basically like a, a bulletin here or a, a press release, I guess you would call it. And I don't have time to read it all, but um, it says CVS Health is building out an authentication platform to provide passwordless authentication capabilities in its web, mobile, IoT, and voice applications. Passwordless authentication is enabled with biometric authentication using FIDO standards. So it's just a matter of setting it up. And then from then I would go and I would log in. So in this case, when I clicked on CVS, it gives me a message about what they're focusing on and how they're going to do it. Whereas when I clicked on Best Buy, it took me right to the site where I could go and set it up. When I click on Learn More, it tells me it's going to redirect me. So, you know, it gives me a heads up. And then I can go to the page where, see, and I've already done this. So all I have to do is unlock one password give it my fingerprint because I have one password set up with biometrics and then I can click sign in and that's it. It just signs me right in. That's all I had to do. looks like Amazon isn't there yet, but their name is on the list. Well, Amazon is because we did set up an Amazon pass key. But see when it AWS is, but not Amazon. It looks like the ones. Oh no, Amazon's there. Oh, but you're it right. Is, There's but, nothing to click on. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like the ones that are available right now have a learn more underneath it. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't, it looks like maybe like Aflac. Well, which is interesting because we know for a fact that Amazon does support pass keys because we have already mm-hmm. set it up. Like, so I'm, like I'm, Carnival I'm, Cruise Lines, Citibank. Yeah. I wonder why they don't have. And I don't see. Oh, there's Best Buy. Okay. 
So it says in the passkey directory, want to know where you can use passkeys today? The passkeys directory is an interactive resource that lists active deployments of passkeys, both for consumers and in the workforce. It also indicates what the user experience is, whether the passkey is synced and available across devices, or the passkey is bound and available on a single device, such as a FIDO security key or within a mobile app. This is not an exhaustive list of deployments and will be updated regularly. If you have questions or would like to contribute an entry to the directory, and then they have an email to contact us at. So it was the case where Amazon, when we set it up, it was per device. And we remember when we did, we did that together live on the air. Uh, yeah. It was yep, device specific. And you had to have a pass key for your iPhone and your iPad if you wanted to use the app. But I tested it recently, just the other day. And now it seems that it just works. I logged out of both devices and I was able to log back in and it didn't seem to make a differentiation saying, you know, oh, you have to have a passkey for this device. It just logged me right in with whatever passkey I have and one password. So I don't know that that means it's device specific or if it just means that it's 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 working as it's expected and it detects the, which device I'm on and it just issues whichever passkey I have and one password but I only have one passkey and one password for Amazon. So that's what leads me to believe that it's probably just, uh, it's probably just that one passkey because I only have one passkey. I still have a username. I still have a password. I still have a, an o, a one-time password and I still have uh, just one passkey. I just have one component of each of those and I can log into my Amazon account with, with just my passkey. Now uh, there's been times where it asks me for an, OTP, a one-time password, but again, like I can generate that. So Amazon, at least, at least with the example of Amazon, they are still requiring an, OP, an OTP in addition to a passkey. They still have those two components. And I'm not exactly sure why that is, but that's the way it is right now. That could change. Hmm. So I am a little confused as to why there's nothing to click on when I'm on the FIDO Alliance directory. Now, when password has a directory... Passkey directory. And let's see what they have for it. So it's called passkeys.directory. That's how you get to it. It's very simple. Passkeys.directory. If I go and I search for Amazon, for example, uh, they say that Amazon is supported. It's supported with sign-in. It's an e-commerce. If I click on details, it shows you from one password. See, this gives you way more information than the FIDO Alliance directory did. This actually gives you the link where to set it up, the date that it was added. So just back in March, March, March of last year. So it's been there for almost a year, uh, which makes sense because we set it up not long ago. And the notes for this says, Amazon is actively rolling out sign in with passkey support. Setting up a passkey on Amazon needs to meet one of the minimum software requirements of iOS 16, macOS Big Sur, or Android 9 if applicable. To set up a passkey on your Amazon account, in your account, select Login and Security, select Setup next to Passkey, select Setup, follow the instructions provided to complete setting up a passkey. Signing into different Amazon marketplaces, whether that's the UK compared to Amazon.com, for example, requires either a new passkey for that specific marketplace or using your Amazon password. So it's still requiring a password if you're switching, I guess, de depending on the marketplace that you're using. Okay, so what happens if um, you get the letter that we get all the time saying, this was hacked? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, know, you have credit card information on target.com and target was hacked. Now let's say you have a passkey. And six months from now, you get that letter saying that the the account that that target was hacked and your personal information may or may not have been leaked to the hackers. Do you go in and change your password or do you not worry about it? With a passkey I don't worry about it because that's the reason why places get hacked because when you're using a password that means that you created a password on your end of things in your device somewhere whether it was on a sticky note or you just wrote it down. You, the user, created a password. Wherever you store that is up to you. But when you log into the site, when you register, I should say, and then subsequently later log in, what you're doing is you're accessing, let's just use Target, for example. You're accessing Target's website and within their website, their database. And in their database, they have stored your email address, 
your password, and then any other demographic information you chose to give them at the time. For example, you probably gave them your address because you wanted things shipped to you from Target. So they have your address. You probably gave them your phone number because you wanted to be contacted about a delivery that was coming to you. So they have your phone number. They have all of the details of you in a database and that database is hackable. That database has gotten, I'm not saying Target has, but you know, maybe they have. We'll just pretend that they have, for example. And I don't want to I don't want to say anything bad, you know, get sued or anything, but let's just say a a website, it may or may not be Target. They have gotten hacked. They, their security has been breached. And now the hackers have your password in a hashed format. Okay. So it's it's been hashed, meaning it's been obfuscated. It's it's been somehow concealed in some manner using some kind of technology, bit encryption, whatever it is called. They have a version of your password. But it's just a matter of time before it gets cracked. And if it is cracked because you used insecure security practices like reusing the same password, like just adding on, you know, target one, two, three, four, five, you know, password one, two, three, four, target, password one, two, three, four, Facebook, password one, two, three, four, Apple. If you're using that pattern, you and everybody else that's doing that, that's hackable. That's crackable, I will say. It's hackable and it's crackable. Okay. That's what exists right now. That's the world we live in when we're choosing to use the password method that has been presented to us, okay? We're at the mercy of the companies who maintain the infrastructure of their websites and their databases. We're at their mercy. If they've been breached, yep, they have to send us that letter because now the hackers have all that information and it's just a matter of time before they crack it, okay? So now you have to go and take steps to protect yourself. And that first step could be changing your password, so that the hackers don't have that version. But what's to say that hackers don't breach them again? So what if you change Xfinity is an example. Xfinity did get hacked. I can say that with absolute um, sureness. They did get hacked. They sent everybody a letter and they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Our data was breached. We don't know what they have. They have something. We don't think it's that serious. But just in case it does become cracked, you should change your password because you're, a lot of people are using the same password or they're using that same pattern, okay? So now that is still hackable and crackable, okay? When we move away from that and go to pass keys, right now, as of this day, the, the, it's, I, I said it's a cat and mouse game. Right now, we are the cat, okay? We are, well, I should say we're always the mouse, right? But right now, the cat is a really good, big, strong young cat okay and uh, when i say cat that's the fido alliance right the fido fido 2 standard is a big cat that's got sharp teeth and is really powerful we may be the mouse or i should say yeah i guess i guess we're the mice what are we in that in that scenario i think we're the mice but but the the fido 2 standard is the cat and it's it's a good cat and it's a cat that can't be caught because it's fast it's young and it's got sharp sharp teeth right passwords are an old cat that's like missing half its teeth and just like too lazy and rolls over whenever there's a mouse nearby and it can't protect us, can't protect us. But the new cat can. So for right now, as of this day forward, for however long it takes, pass keys are not fishable and they're not crackable. They're not hackable because there's a private key that you have on your device and there's a public key that the company, Target, Xfinity, whatever, that they'll have and they aren't able to be, they have one piece and you have the other piece and they're never shared. There's nothing that ever gets transmitted. We're not keeping a copy of a password on one end and a copy of that same password on the other. It's not even a copy. It's totally different. The, the, the private key that you have is totally different than the public key that they have. So if the hackers get the public key, big deal. They still don't get you. They don't have access to your private key because it never gets transmitted. It never gets shared. The way, the way that passkeys work is like a puzzle, a cryptographic puzzle that has to be solved. Whereas passwords are using a matchy-matchy database structure. Whereas with passkeys, they're using a puzzle that has to be solved. But so it sounds like, at least for the time being, even if you set up a login with a passkey, you still have your password. Mm -hmm. And if it ends up being hacked, mm -hmm. you need to go in and change your password. You need to go in and because change your password. Or if they allow you to, just stop using a password and just use a Stop using key. it if they let yeah. you. Right. But you have to go in and change your password because mm -hmm. you can sign in. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you as the real owner of that login mm -hmm. can sign in with your name and password 
as opposed to a pass key for whatever reason, so can they. Yeah, if so they can the people so, if they if if they were able to figure out what your password is. So let's take Best Buy for an example because I know that Best Buy is offering pass keys. So me, you know, just as I'm sitting here right now, I do have an account with Best Buy. I have a username which is my email address. I have I have to specify that because sometimes sometimes they don't want your email address; they just want a username. So right. I have a, a username that happens to be my email address. I do have a password with Best Buy, and I also have a pass key. If Best Buy suffers this really, you know, big time breach and they say, all right, they got all the passwords. Now what do we do? They're going to tell you, sign up for a pass key or else. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna say, you can change your password, but we're moving away from this. And eventually, eventually, after enough time passes with enough education and enough awareness, which I guess is why, I mean, I don't work for the Fido Alliance. I, I'm just a regular, I'm just a mom. <laughs> I'm just a mom with a website. I'm just a, a mom with a you podcast. You are not just a mom. <laughs> But I'm just a, I'm just a, a person who uses it and sees the value in it. And like like in the beginning of this, you know, you you wanted to issue your PSA about living your life to it, to its fullest because tomorrow's not promised. I'm telling you, tomorrow with your password is not promised. There's going to come a day when a company has had enough of it, and they're going to say, "Look, this is how we secure our future. This is how we keep our end users safe. And if you don't like it, you don't have to have an account with us, and you don't have to do business with us. But we're moving on. We're going to move on doing business with pass keys, like it or not." And I'm here to tell you it's time to start using pass keys because that's where the future is going. For 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 all intents and purposes, this this technology is not just new. I mean, pass keys, the technology behind it has been around for over a decade, but we're just now starting to hear about it. We're just now starting to talk about it because now more and more it's getting adoption. More and more sites are starting to say, hey, Here's how we're going to protect you moving forward. So sign up with a pass key. And Best Buy has done just that. So what Best Buy can do is they can encourage all of their users, all of their account holders to sign in with a pass key, you know, get it set up however it is that you need to do it. it we're going to make it super easy. Apple, Microsoft, and Google has have committed to saying, we're going to make it super easy for our end users that all they have to do is give it their fingerprint, their face ID. And if they still refuse to use that, because I know people who either can't use Touch ID because they've got a heart condition or they wear too much hand cream or they just don't, they haven't tried using all their fingers and digits. If you can't use Touch ID and you can't use Face ID, then you're still going to have to use a PIN. And you better make sure that your PIN is complicated. Because if, if that's your trade-off, if, if that's what you say that you won't, you either can't do or won't do, because really what is what is it? Is it you can't do it or you won't do it? That's what needs to be determined. If you won't do it, then that's on you. You're going to have to create some other secure way of securing your device with, with a really complicated pin, or you just don't care, and then you're going to have to suffer the consequences of that. But if you can't use biometrics, maybe you don't have fingers. Maybe you only have one eye that works, or maybe you're blind, or, you know, that, I mean, even for blind users, face ID still works. You, you, have a, you still have eyes, you still have a retina. But maybe, maybe you did have a terrible accident, and, and you don't have any eyes. I mean, and, and you don't have any fingerprints. I mean, there are people like that and they, they exist just the same. So when we have to extend some kind of accommodation for them, maybe there's, you know, some other way that they can that they can log in with some other some other way. There's there's got to be, you know, some other way that's afforded to them. But the, the point is, is that you have to be able to maintain a device or a YubiKey, you know, hardware key, if, if mm -hmm. that's the yeah. case, because that's another option. Right. But you you as a digital citizen, as a as a modern day citizen who wants to use technology and devices, you have to maintain access to that passkey. It's up to you to to make sure that you can access it and that you can secure it and that you can recover it if you lose it. But companies are going to say, we're moving to passkeys. Well, let me tell you what I just did as you were talking. I just signed into Best Buy. I had to put in my name, my password, then I had it open up an authenticator app and put in the six-digit code. Then they sent me a text message with another six-digit code. So now I'm finally on. Yep. And that took about three minutes. Yep. To but log now on. once you create a passkey, you can say bye-bye to all that those three right. minutes. So now I'm under account security where it says passkey. It says face or fingerprint sign-in. Mm -hmm. So it's a sign-in without a passkey password, create a passkey. So I'm clicking on that. Now, now back up a second. Which browser are you using? Chrome? I'm in Chrome. Okay. And where are you choosing to save passwords and passkeys? Are you using one password with Chrome? Oh, yeah. Well, one password okay. just popped open. Okay, there you go. And so now one password's offering to save that credential for you. Okay, but I don't want to But you still have to give it your fingerprint. 
Right, but I don't want to update existing because I yes, don't you do. want to. You won't lose it. I, yep, go okay. ahead. Click click update existing. You're not gonna it's not gonna overwrite your password. All it's gonna do is add it. I'll tell you what would happen if you stopped there and you said create a new one, then you're gonna have two entries for Best Buy. You only well, want I would, one. I would have moved it. But, yeah, you okay, would have moved so it. But save, save yourself, save yourself the step. Just just do okay, update. So existing. it says you're all set. Yep. Pass key is set up successfully. Continue. Okay, so now I'm going to log out. Okay, so I just logged out. Now you're going to try to log back in to Best Buy. Yep. I'm going to sign in. Now it's offering you one password. Yep, and now and now what comes up is sign in with the pass key, Best Buy. Yep, it's a little purple icon. Click on sign in. And it's still sending me the two-step verification from an authenticator app. Is it? Is it just showing you that or is it required? No, I have to. Because you maybe you have to disable it. I don't remember disabling it, though. Let me do it. Let me try a different way. Because eventually in. you should get to a point where you don't have to do anything but passkey. Now, you already have one password unlocked, so I don't know that it's going to ask you for your... I have to do a, yeah, I have to do a six digit code. I'm going to log into into mine and see if I still have that set up. All right, let me go back into my. See, mine says, I must have taken it off because mine now says I could either change my password, set up two step verification. It asks, it can, it shows me remember devices, which when I click on it, it's, it's my iPhone Uh, and then pass key. Or I could sign in with Apple or Google as a platform connection. Right. Now it's, I put it in, it made me verify my email, and now it's sending me an email with a verification code. I have to log out. It locked me back in, and it was so easy. Let me log so out. what is going on? Sign out. So, so there's my verification. All right, so I'm signing out. Is... I'm going to see if I still have to use verification Okay, code. so it verified my phone. It verified my email. Mine just mine just does it. Mine right, comes over me... and I just sign in with my passkey. All right. I'm going to log out one more time. It could be that you have to disable that, but I don't remember having yeah. to disable the authentication let me, method. Let me sign in again. Sign in with passkey. Sign in. Nope. It's still asking me for two-step verification. So go ahead and sign in and then this time see if you can go and disable two-factor. Yeah. I'm going to have to because this is annoying. Yeah. And that's 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 the whole point of pass keys is that it's not supposed to be annoying at all and it okay. and it relieves the burden on the user. Passwords and two factor are all an additional burden on the user trying to sign in. And you're trying to remove the burden by replacing everything with just a simple okay. pass key. Here we go. Manage two step verification, disable. But before I do that, I have to put in my six digit code. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to which, which verify. You have to verify it first before you can disable anything. And disable. You've disabled it. Okay. All right. So now I should just be able to sign in with passkey. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and try it. Let me see. Remembered. Okay. Now, Chrome isn't remembering any of your passwords, correct? You do have that disabled? Correct. Okay. Because that trips up a lot of people, too. That's what's going to make this messy is that people are still... Whether they're they're doing it uh, knowingly or unknowingly, I see a lot of people that are doing it unknowingly that their browser is saving their passwords, and that really confuses okay. a lot of people. We're in. I yep. just clicked on passkey, and we're in. Yep. So now on for for forever forward, you're just going to sign in with a passkey, and you can say goodbye to all the other stuff. Now, in your one password, you still have your credentials, all of your credentials that make up your login for Best Buy, which is your email address, your password still, yeah. your pass key, and yep, your authenticator. Shows, yep. When you open it up, it says username, and then underneath it, it has pass key created on February 24th, 2024. Yep. And there's nothing to copy. There's nothing to place, paste. There's nothing to click on. Yeah. There's nothing it's there. It's so magically I, invisible. I couldn't tell you what the num- what the alphanumeric number right. is if I wanted to. Well, that's and why you can't be fished that- for it now either. Yeah. So it's not fishable. There's nothing and to then fish. And my password is under there. There's okay. nothing to know. Cool. That's all done with mathematics in your device. Cool. Now try okay. it on your iPhone when you get a chance. Go to Best Buy on your iPhone and see if you can log into it that way. 
But you see how you see how I had to stop you from that anxiety that you were feeling that we felt before, like, well, I don't want to update the existing because I don't want to override anything. I'm going to lose something. But you can see how now it updated it. It added the passkey to that password. And now you don't have to go back in and delete a second, a second credential. You just have one. So okay, I suspect that a lot of people are going to end up with what they're going to call later on. Why do I have so many duplicates in my one password? Well, it's not actually a duplicate. It's because you were scared, which is understandable. And that's why I want to tell people it's okay. Don't be scared. But a lot of people are going to be scared and they're going to say, well, give me a new item. And then later on, they're going to realize just how easy it is. And they're going to wonder why they have all these duplicates. So you should just update the existing. That's the moral of the story. Just update the existing. Make, make your yep. life easier. Because because later, now in the future, you and I did it and how many other you know thousands of people maybe like a couple hundred people, I don't know. Uh, it would be interesting to see how many people have passkeys. But let's just say, for example, that two years from now, Best, Best Buy says, you know what, we've got enough adoption. We've got enough people that have passkeys. We're going to start telling people, have a passkey or don't use our service. Push is going to come to shove. And they're going to say, we're tired of getting, we're tired of having to spend all this money on a security breach and send out all the letters and pay for everybody to have that you know how you know how that happens. You get that letter and it says, well, here, you know, we're going to pay for two years of the service that will monitor your identity and your FICO score and yada, yada, yada. I mean, think about all the money that businesses can mm -hmm. save when yeah. they don't have to shell out for that. All because of password, of passkey. See, I even said it wrong. Of passkey adoption. So if we get our minds around using passkeys, the future could be a better place. I think we'll wrap it up okay. with that. What do you think? Yeah. Is your brain full? So, yeah, I'm thinking if people are like oozing brain matter out of their ear right now and they want to discuss it with you, yeah. <laughs> how would they go about doing so? Oh, my goodness. Well, if you want to discuss it with us under uh, the guises of Geekiest Show Ever, you can go to geekiestshowever.com. We do have a contact uh, tab that you can click on and you can email us that way. Because uh, you might want to go to the website, read our show notes on this. And if you don't, if you're just in the car and you want to get home and, oh my gosh, I have to send them an email right away because this happened to me and I want you to be responsible for it, then you can email us podcast at geekyshowever.com. And if you want to get social with us, where are we on the socials? We have a Mastodon, not using Twitter yep. so much, but it's there. No. Mastodon, you can reach us at Geekiest Show. Uh, I'm sorry, at Geekiest Show ever, at techhub.social, when we're at Geekiest Show on Twitter. If you want to follow us on Macedon, Melissa is at the Mac Mommy, and I am at Sensei Dai at Macedon.social. What, okay, I just lost the rest of yours. What is the rest of That's yours? That's okay. Just look me up. You can look me up. Just find me on the Mac Look for the Mac Mommy. The MacMommy.com. Just go there. All my stuff is there. There's a button to click. Just yeah. click the buttons. At the Mac Mommy on threads. I never go on threads. I, I love just... threads. I love threads. Follow yeah. me on threads. That's that's where I have most follow of my Follow Melissa on threads. If you follow me, that's fine. I'll probably follow you back, but I just I just don't use it. I, I'm trying to use both. I'm trying to use threads and Mastodon. Mastodon is, is I don't know, more and more geeks and nerds are using Mastodon and threads is kind of for everybody else. At least that's how it is right now. I wish it wasn't yeah. that way, but it is. So anyway, you can find us. Just look for us. We'll be there. Yeah. So we want to take this time to thank you for listening. We will be back again in a couple of weeks. And until then, please stay safe.